Welcome to this week's edition of Mountain Outhouse News. I'm your host, Jam Jam. This is the crazy to happen in running this week. This week's stories include time penalty gate at the Georgia death race, Angel's Crest 100 has a new stockholder, and the Barkley meat grinds the entire field. The USATF MUT, or Mountain Ultra Trail Council, announced their selection for the Trail World Championships coming up in Portugal June 8th. The team is absolutely stacked, and it's going to be fun to see how they perform against the global best. On the ladies' side, we lead off with Cassie Enman, who was the World Mountain Run champ back in 2011 and has likely the most experience of the bunch. Next up is Corey Connor, a name I'm not previously familiar with, but she has a fast road and track background and recently has been moving to the trails with a fourth place finish at the formidable 50K. Also new to me is Elizabeth Ryan, who was third at the 2018 Way Too Cool 50K and an Olympic marathon trials qualifier. Kelly Wolf is on the team this year, heading to the world champs for the first time. Anna Mae Flynn will be joining the squad along with Danny Moreno, who won the USATF 50K champs at Formidable earlier this year. On the men's side, Mario Mendoza joins the squad as the top returning American. He placed sixth at the world champs last year. Zach Miller was eighth last year and will be back alongside Tim Tollefson, who's in fine form after his win at the USATF 50K champs at Formidable as well. Alex Nichols, who's been on the team before, is back and will additionally be joined by Anthony Castales, who has been on fire lately. He just won way too cool 50K. Sam Sali rounds out the crew, a new name for me, as he is a track star from Baylor University. He was second to Tollefson at Formidable and is looking to make his mark. Before we get on to some race results from the weekend, a quick update on the goo flavor madness. The finals are taking place today as I film this episode, so we won't be able to announce the winners until next week. But in the race for third, it was birthday cake versus vanilla bean, which is a pretty similar flavor profile. Birthday Cake took it, 59 to 41. As for the final round, it's Salted Caramel versus Campfire S'mores. Preliminary voting shows that Salted Caramel has a lead of 58 to 42, but it ain't over yet. Let's talk Sterling Silver Tickets. I'll be honest, this one slipped a bit under my radar, but thanks to a post from my boy Dom Grossman, I was happily reminded that the Leona Divide is this weekend and coveted automatic slots for this summer's Angelus Crest 100 are on the line for the top two male and female. Those registered for the 50 mile distance are eligible, although there is a longer 100K distance offered this year due to the canceled Sean O'Brien 100K. So far, Ruperto Romero, Ignacio Castro Valenzuela, and Asuka Iguchi all earned slots at the Avalon 50 back in January. More AC100 news to share, and I find this one quite interesting. It appears that Ken Hamada, race founder and longtime director of the event, has sold or transferred 49% of the race to webmaster Jacob Herman. They posted some photos of the event a couple weeks back of them holding certificates of common stock. Ken looks stoked, by the way. Interesting to note is that Jacob's 4,900 shares were issued as certificate number five on the 9th day of January, 2019. As for Ken's certificate, he holds number one, a total of 5,100 shares issued May 20th, 2005. Me as the business major I am wonders who are the other certificate holders and do they still retain any stock or is this the entire makeup of the organization? Barkley. 
It was another win for the infamous course this year in 2019. With one of the most stacked fields, at least on paper, the race has ever seen, it appears Laz was a bit scared as he ushered in some major course changes to unleash upon the field this year. Little Hell, gone since 2006, was back, as well as an additional climb up what is dubbed the Meat Grinder. This heinous climb smacks you in the mouth with almost 1,800 feet of climb in just 0.7 miles. Just as you're rounding the corner on a backwards loop three, it was a nasty one. So how did the field fare? Actually a bit better than last year, 28 finished loop one, seven finished loop two, and six got it in for a fun run. Two virgins, Carl Saab and Greg Hamilton, went out on a fourth, but I think made it a combined one book before calling it quits. Previous finishers Jared Campbell and John Kelly both dropped early after one and two loops respectively. Jared with a severely swollen ankle and John with no will to continue. A bit of a controversy has struck the next golden ticket race, this one at the Georgia Death Race in, well, Georgia. Everything started at mile 17 where the Forest Service was building or had just recently completed a new section of trail that bypasses a section of the famed Dragon's Back or Duncan Ridge Trail. If you've run the race before or the Cruel Jewel, you know well that the trail takes every hill possible straight up and down along the ridgeline, never going around the peaks or traversing low. The unfortunate thing that likely could have prevented this whole mess was the course markings. The race used pink flags to mark the route and so did the forest service for the new trail. One apparently had either words or some sort of distinguishing mark on them to differentiate and it did sound like it was communicated to participants to keep an eye out. Regardless of that, as the front of the pack came to the junction, some went straight along the correct trail while others went in the wrong. The lower, newer trail, which is not the correct course, is by my analysis of Morgan Elliott and Sean Pope's Strava GPS files, is one quarter of a mile longer, yet containing 250 feet less of climb. So how did those affect these two runners' actual splits? Of course, the lower trail was faster. It took Pope, the race leader at that point, who first took the wrong course, 13 minutes, 15 seconds to run the easier trail, while it took Elliott 15 minutes and 45 seconds to run the right one, a difference of two and a half minutes. Due to runners messing up this section, RD Sean Blanton assessed a 60 minute time penalty for any runners who approximately finished in the top five of the race and were in contention for the golden ticket spots. Since the top three women all missed the turn and they had such a commanding lead, they did not lose any places. Same goes for the top two men, Morgan Elliott and Sean Pope. The only spot that is potentially affected by the one hour time penalty versus say a lower time penalty, one might argue is more accurate to reflect the time saved on this section would be Robert Err. He actually finished third ahead of Sean Weber who took the correct way while Robert went the wrong one and was assessed the full 60 minute time penalty, pushing him from third to fourth, and if one of the top two declined the golden tickets, out of the running. This is no doubt a tough situation and one that I don't think anyone would choose to be put in. I do feel ultimately it is the call of the race director under these circumstances, and yes, of course we can banter and debate if it was the right call as outsiders, but I'm going to say that he did put a lot of thought into it. I've been there before and it's no fun, especially with golden tickets on the line. At the end of the day, we as runners are responsible for knowing and running the correct course regardless of circumstances outside our control, including issues extending from race management. If we mess it up, 
and, didn't, and don't run the entirety of the course in the order in which it is supposed to be run, we have to be willing to face the repercussions to maintain the integrity of our sport. It's not always a black and white situation, and that's where discretion comes into play. Would I have made the same call as Sean? I'm not sure. Was an hour time penalty too severe? Maybe. Ultimately, it didn't affect most of the top results, nor the actual golden ticket recipients in this scenario. Would love to hear your thoughts, Outhouse Nation. Am I off base here? As for your golden ticket winners of the Georgia Death Race, those go to Morgan Elliott, first place in 1234, followed by Sean Pope in 1343. For the ladies, it was Lucia Bueller in 1442, followed closely by Liz Canty in 1442, 35, just 18 seconds behind. There were some protesters at the Takayana Ultra down under in Australia. Apparently, protesters against protecting the Takanya wilderness slashed tents, damaged infrastructure, blockaded buses, and took down course markings. This was all reported by Mael Backhausen, who was running in the event and was totally dismayed by what he was seeing. Not the way to make a statement. 200 100s is the new 100 100s? I guess that's true for one intrepid woman in our sport, 70-year-old Sandra Brown of England. As reported by Davy Crockett of the Ultra Running History podcast, Sandra ran her 200th career 100-miler March 30th at the Dublin to Belfast 107. Amazing. November Project stops exploring? After a four-and-a-half-year partnership with The North Face, the grassroots free fitness craze has reportedly parted ways with their longtime backer. November Project came out in force for the North Face Endurance Challenge events over the past few years and has been a force when it comes to the grassroots movement of the brand. While it isn't clear why the parties are going their own ways, we wish the best for both. The second annual Boulder Seltzer Mile, dubbed Seltzer Mile 2.0, went down this weekend. Sadly, as I was at Barkley, I could not attend, which really had me bummed out. It looked like a grand turnout for the event with about 30 participants, where you can drink a can of bubbly water instead of beer before each of four laps around a track. First to finish without puking is your winner. How about that LaCroix onesie? Yeehaw! So we had a new world record, but I couldn't find actual results, so it's all a bit of a mystery to me, but it looked like a damn good time. Oh, and word to the wise Anthony Lee, no more free balling, please. Phil, this next latest fashion craze could be the perfect complement to the Seltzer Mile 3.0, Janties. Hope to see y'all next time. And with that, thanks for tuning in to episode 139 of Outhouse News. Thanks for checking out the show, and we'll see you next time. If you have crazy stories to share or a question or feedback for the show, please leave a comment below. If you'd like to directly support the show financially, consider becoming a Patreon supporter of this channel or pick up this custom pair of Jam Jam's sunglasses. Links are all below. Have a week.